What's up, everyone? This is the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Scott, joined by Rich with your average everyday Chiefs talk. How are you doing today, Rich? I'm doing well. Excited to get this first episode recorded and just talk about the Chiefs with my buddy. So let's get it going. Yeah, I'm definitely glad we finally got this first episode rolling and we'll just uh, waste no time getting into it here. Uh, So kind of just a little small recap from, you know, last year, you know, obviously the Chiefs made it to Super Bowl 55. And uh, as all Chiefs fans know, everything didn't go as planned um, that we, you know, definitely hope go last year, but it just, it it didn't. Uh, The result, (laughs) as we can definitely tell. So, um, and we, you know, we definitely kind of saw what areas that we, you know, needed to improve on as well from that game, uh, which kind of leads us here uh, right away here into our, uh, you know, first topic of this episode is, uh, you know, what have we done or what kind of things have we done to uh, kind of improve on the things that we uh, didn't do so well, obviously from that game or even some of the games last year. And uh, so we're basically getting into free agent acquis- acquisitions that we've gotten uh, here in the off season. And the first one uh, I kind of want to jump into is uh, Joe Thaney, who is a uh, left guard uh, that came from the Patriots. Um, and, you know, that was an outstanding move. I think that definitely helps, you know, solidify, you know, that inside presence on our offensive line that we uh, definitely kind of, I would think, need as well as, you know, obviously overall our offensive line. But, um, I mean, I think that was definitely a good step uh, there from the beginning. Uh, what do you think there, Rich? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. It's a, It's always good to know that, the spot closest to the quarterback is being protected. Um, Joe Thune is the ultimate pro. In his five years in the league at left guard, he's played no less than 97% of the snaps, um, let's say, at his time in New England. So that's – he's very consistent. He can stay healthy. Um, and looking at some of the numbers, um, let's say, that I have presented to me, if I'm not mistaken, and if this is all accurate, right, he's only had 21 penalties in his career – Last year only had three holding calls. Two years ago had no holding calls, no penalties all year. So um, outstanding. The, the, the sack count, right, is always something that um, is interesting to look at, which I couldn't pinpoint a specific one. But overall, I mean, it's a good signing. We paid him big-time money. He was definitely um, our, our lead or our main free agent acquisition. Um, I mean, he's still young, right? Let's say we yeah. keep him through the entirety of his contract. Um, Patrick Mahomes is near blindside. We'll be doing very well. And and especially, so, at 20, especially at 28 years old, too, I agree. I think it would be nice that we can keep him for a good long run. Yeah, for sure. Um, and one other thing, let's say, with with Thune there at, that, at the left guard spot is anytime, let's say, you're, you might even be trying to – change over an entire line, right? It's always good to just have someone that's that experience, right? I mean, we've lost a, a few pieces in the Super Bowl. We saw what happened with having a lot of new pieces in there from the previous game. So just his experience alone and obviously his performance are two amazing things that will add to an offensive line um, that needed a revamp, right? So again, love the signing. I, I'll be honest, I didn't know too much about him. I knew the name um, from, you know, over the years as we've played him and I've always heard of him being one of the top guards in the league. Um, and yeah, let's say we definitely gave him a contract, um, that indicates that he's a top lineman. So 
that's always uh that's always that's always good, right? That your team is investing money in the positions that matter to protect your your biggest asset in, in Patrick Mahomes. Yep. I was just gonna say just on top of that, like you said, I haven't really, you haven't really heard his name really per se. I will say the only way I remember his name is he's was on one of my uh you know, Madden Ultimate teams uh, that have <laughs> seen his name pop up. That's about it. I mean, other than that, like I said, just knowing he's come from a really good team and um, it's been a really good offensive line for the Patriots. Yeah, for sure. So we both love the Thune pick. What do you think about Jan Reed, the defensive tackle that we signed formerly of the Seattle Seahawks? Uh, so Jaron Reed, I, I, you know, he's also another name I didn't really a whole lot, you know, know about. Um, per se, but, you know, obviously as after reading with him and, you know, he played with Frank Clark in Seattle, uh, you know, I think he's that, that good, you know, inside presence that we need. Um, it, it does help, you know, Chris Jones to play, you know, outside a little bit more. Um, and it, it definitely gives you that, you know, one, two combo. Hopefully we, you can get with, you know, 90 um, there on the inside. And then obviously, like I said, you have Clark on the, uh, the other side on the outside too, as well. But uh, I, you know, I think it was a good pickup, uh, especially I believe he's uh, – if I'm not I'm not correct, he's actually – yeah, he's about the same age as uh, Dooney as well. So he's pretty pretty young too as well. So I think that's a good signing, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, he's been in the league, what, five years, came in the league in 16. So, yeah, same time as Joe Thune. Um, from a from a pure attributes perspective, he, he's definitely a pass rusher specialist, right? Um, he, he's good against the run. But he's quick. He's he's good with his hands. He's fast. Um. So like you mentioned, right, kicking Jones out, um, on, on obvious passing downs, leaving Nadi and Reed in the center. I think that'll definitely cause havoc for opposing offensive line, op- offensive lines. And if I'm not mistaken, it was just a one year deal, correct? So it's basically a one year. Mm-hmm. Prove it to me, seven million dollars. Prove it to me. See if you can be. Uh, a valuable asset to this team and contribute in one year. And from there, right, either we can re-sign him and pay him big money or he could get a contract somewhere else. So these one-year contracts, the, the prove-it deals are always good. Yeah, especially when it's, it, you know, it's like you said, his name, I mean, it actually ended up being, I think, uh, in total, it was about $5.5 million. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I know I think definitely that was, you know, a low-cost um, buy-in. But, it, like I said, it helps that, someone that you know is in our organization brought him in you know based on because he was good friends with him played well with him and he knows he can perform you know just at you know the highly level that we we expect you know as Chiefs fans um to you know to be with as well on this team so I I think that was a good solid move for sure um kind of in kind of I know we're kind of going a little bit back but we'll uh Going back to the offensive line, I'll bring into the uh, the other uh, free agents acquisition that we had was also Kyle Long, um, a guy who had played I want to say about five I want to say five or six years maybe more um, with the Bears before he actually retired last year, um, the COVID year he didn't play at all, um, and then we we grabbed him for another uh, another one year contract with another player we had signed, but um, so that's. We have, you know, obviously we have, we talked about Thunny who's on the left uh, guard. He's coming in right now. They slide him into that right guard spot. Um, I know we did have, um, you know, obviously the doctor who was out last year, who's, you know, obviously another right guard. So you have a little bit of competition there. Um, and you also have, I think they brought Andrew Wiley back in another one-year deal. 
but we you know we I think we I think we've heard too here just in the last few days that uh, Kyle Long might be positioning for left tackle. What do you think about that? Yeah, so if we put Kyle Long at a left tackle, I'd be so against it. Um, the guy, if I'm not mistaken, when he was at Oregon, he was a right tackle, played one year for the Bears at right tackle, but most of them they've been right guard. And guards compared to tacklers are two way different positions. So if we were slotting him out there, um, I'd I'd expect a lot of the same that happened in the Super Bowl. Um, the one thing, let's say for me, from from for Kyle Long is. Um, over the last few years, he hasn't been very healthy. Um, looking at the numbers, he hasn't played more than it, nine, ten games um, in a 16-game season. Um, 2019, he only played four. So hopefully his body healed up in that year. I know um, he's, he's in a very competitive family, right, with his brother Chris and obviously his dad Howie. So yep. there's always that professionalism in him, which I appreciate. Um, it's a It's a relatively cheap deal for one year. Um, prove it to me, prove us, prove it to us that you're healthy and you can contribute. Um, and for him, right. He can hopefully try to win something, which he probably didn't do much of in Chicago. So, um, so yeah, let's say right guard, like you mentioned, he's slotted in there as a starter, which will be good. And he'll battle it out with the doctor as well as a few other guys. And it's always good to have that, right. You should have anywhere between seven to eight linemen in your rotation. If he gets a starter and can really hold it down for us, um, right away from training camp until let's say hopeful Super Bowl run, that'll be great. And again, right, just like with Jaron Reed, if he does really well, um, maybe we resign him for a few more years. Um, because I mean, he's 32 years old, if I'm not mistaken, or going to be turning 33. Um, so if we can get two more years out of him after a solid year for us this year, I would see that as a positive. Correct. And actually. I uh, I did say I think originally five six years he actually played eight years with the Bears so I was a little bit off on that but yeah 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 I mean and then let's say continuing with the offensive line theme right since it was very obvious to Brett Veach that we needed to not only make it better but also get a little bit younger um, our last big free agent signing was the center from the Los Angeles Rams and if I'm saying his name right it's probably a miracle we should have to figure out how to say his name correctly his last name but it's Austin Blythe. Um, a guy that let's say from, from what I know, um, he's, he's kind of the same boat as Joe Thune. I heard the name, obviously saw him play with the Rams, um, a few times here and there on TV, but I don't know too much about him performance wise. It looked like he's always done his job, which is something, you know, that you want continued theme with experienced, um, performers in the NFL at 28 years old and has definitely played at least the last three years has played at minimum 15 games. So there's uh, no durability concerns. He's experienced. Um, so what do you think with the Austin Black signing? I absolutely love it. I think, uh, I, I mean, uh, you know, personally, I didn't have any issue with Austin. Uh, I was named Austin Ryder. Or, um, uh, but we had last year, you know, previous years, um, I think he'd done an excellent job. You know, there must have been something there. Why we decided not to bring him back um, in the end. So, so, so yeah, I mean, for to get something like Austin Blythe, I think that was a good, definitely good pickup. And like I said, once again, we've already mentioned a few people that are at that age of 28, which, and uh, we also mentioned the same thing about all these one year contracts that they've gotten for these guys. So um, it's definitely going to end up being something good to see. But I, I think I love the signing. Um, I mean, quite frankly, I will say all of them <laughs> for all the offensive linemen we've kind of gotten so far. I mean, I know they're little one year cheapio deals, but uh, they all, 
they all got talent and they all can bring something to that offensive line that we didn't have before. Um, so that would definitely be something that uh, definitely, uh, I mean, I, th- I think overall there, I think we made a, a good choice in that pickup. Definitely. So our offensive line is looking like open at the left tackle spot with Rankin um, and Lucas Nyang, right? It's somebody who I shared an article earlier to our group chat that he's been yep. working at with the, on his left tackle stance. And he's somebody I'm all for playing at that left tackle spot because I think he's very athletic. Just obviously has to get experience and, you know, get coached up by an actual pro since he sat out last his rookie year because of COVID. So left tackle um, with Nyang or Rankin, or depends on what we may do in a draft. Dooney, a left guard, Blythe at center, Kyle Long, and a few others at that right guard spot. And then it looks like maybe Remmers um, or a combination of Niang, Rankin at that right tackle spot, right? So at the end of the day, it sounds like we've got the middle of our line um, figured out, right? So no defensive tackles. We, we should keep all defensive tackles or nose tackles off of Patrick Mahomes. Now we just got to really make sure we we sure up those those end spots, right, with the outside tackles. Yeah, no, I definitely – I think that's where the good direction that we're going into. Um, and as we're carrying on this offensive line theme that uh, it seems to be obviously a, a big thing here for the Chiefs this offseason is we'll get into some of the players that we won't have. You won't see them on the team this year, or at least not right now, um, you know, with people that are definitely left, left the, the team for now not having a contract or a bunch of other teams. But we'll actually kind of jump into um, Eric Fisher, uh, his one of the – team departures that we'll hear discuss with this next topic. Um, and Eric Fisher, obviously, you know, first overall pick, um, you know, we got it uh, back in 2013, I want to say. Right. Yeah, 2013. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, the, the injury that he had last year, it was one of those, you know, it was, it was heartbreaking not having him, you know, in the Super Bowl. And it's just at the end of the day, it's one of those things. It's it's kind of business and you know some of those injuries that these players get it's the older they get and the type of injuries they get you know it's hard to come back from especially being that left tackle you know spot that that's like your that's your you know king right that's like your that's what you want to have that main that main guy to block for Mahomes there on that on that offensive line that powerhouse right so that you know him not being on the team um, we'll, we'll definitely miss that. But what do you think about uh, at least the first tackle we'll discuss here that uh, had left the team? What do you think about that, Rich? I mean, first overall pick, played for us a, a really good amount of time, was, if I'm not mistaken, our first – was our highest paid player at one point and within the yep. top five on the team. Um, he did his He did his job right now. It's debatable on if he was that – elite number one overall pick. He was the top left tackle in the game. Maybe not all the time, but he was always up there. Um, and it was always good to re- you know, know that your left tackle spot would be – was already taken care of with him out there. So, of course, you know, going from having a for sure out there, knowing what you're going to get out of your left tackle and Eric Fisher to an unknown, it's different. Um, let's say for us as Chiefs fan. But I, I definitely understood the move with the injury. It's not something he was probably um, – going to heal from in a year so it would we would have been looking at playing in 2022 um and then that salary that salary was enormous um and it's something with you know in a year post covid or i guess year two of covid right since we haven't technically got right. out of that um it was it was a move that i agree with i've been preaching for it let's say probably since last year 
Um, but yeah, I, I get it from Beach's perspective, money, injury, and that's just the business of the NFL. Um, and then, you know, I mean, the other guy, right, our right tackle, who we all love, even if you follow him on Twitter and, and get, um, let's say, cooking insights for him, from him, I'm sorry. Um, but Mitchell Schwartz, right, another bookend tackle for us that had that right spot um, locked in for years. Um, very well paid, very high performer, one of the most underrated right tackles in the league. Um, that's one that we've also departed with. So what are your thoughts with Mitchell Schwartz no longer being a chief? Yeah, I mean, like he's definitely one of the fan favorites that people loved as well. And, like, you know, another, you know, injury that kind of hurt us last year. I mean, I think he went out, I want to say week six last year. And just that back injury, he just could never recover from, um, you know, or at least, at least, at least from, you know, during the season and be able to come back and play in the playoffs or even the Super Bowl. Um, and then, of course, he got that surgery. But, you know, like I said, even going back on Fisher and Swartz, I mean, I, I think they would have both benefited us last year for sure. And, you know, especially in the playoffs. And, well, Eric Fisher obviously played, but I mean, both having both of them in the Super Bowl could have been a different game. Um, but we're, can't really look back on that now, but it's going forward. But uh, I think we will miss a little bit of that, some of that, especially that experience that um, those two brought. But, um, you know, I will bring up this. I mean, we, we've all seen this here recently, and you know, even our chat and just on the news that there, there could be expectation that they might resign those one of those guys or both right. of those guys at a cheap contract just for less than a year, you know, if they see if they get better. So we'll, we'll have to see how we go on that. But for now, um, you know, go with what we got, but I think those guys will will miss a little bit of it. But I think going forward, I think we'll we'll definitely get a little bit better at that position as well. And, and Mitchell is going to stay in Kansas City, right? He lives he lives here, yeah. lives it here. Um, like I said, if you don't already follow his Twitter, um, and if you're an ultimate drilling dad, he is one of the best follows out there. Him and his brother um, Jeff Schwartz, they're good follows if you want to learn how to cook or even just follow some offensive line um, chat. So. Definitely. Yep. Yep. And so reading into one of the other positions of, of a team departure, um, and this is a position that Chiefs fans love to talk about. <laughs> we, as in our group, love to talk about it all the time. But uh, obviously, Sammy Watkins is one that we do not have on the team any longer. Uh, and he's not only like we like talking about the wide receivers, but we like talking about Sammy Watkins a lot, it seems like, because you know, he, he it's hard for him to stay on the field. He, you know, he might play six to eight games in a healthy, you know, as far as being healthy in the rest of the season. It's just, man, he's, where is he? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a hamstring or what is it? But, um, you know, Sammy Watkins is one that I was actually kind of, kind of one of those things that I'm glad the Chiefs kind of just moved on from. Uh, I, just, I think it was, it was time being, um, you know, I just didn't think that's, from what our direction that we wanted to go with anymore in the way his, as far as man was to healthy, it just didn't help us out anymore. It really didn't, uh, you know, we can kind of get in a little bit into everybody else there. That's, you know, still there on the roster, you know, obviously that, that leads to someone like Pringle stepping up, someone like Hardman definitely stepping up who had a, uh, didn't have a really good second year that we all thought he would when Watkins was out uh, as another one, obviously brought to Marcus Robinson back for that one year, but um, what are your thoughts on Watkins' departure? Again, it's like Fisher. Um, productivity versus salary. It just does. It isn't productive for the Chiefs. 
Um, availability is a skill, right? There are players who make a living in the NFL like Chase Daniel where they are always available even though they don't play a lot. And then there's Sammy Watkins that has all the talent in the world. Someone that most Chiefs fans will always remember for that catch in the AFC Championship game that really sealed the deal um, for us going to the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, let's say in the three years that he was in Kansas City, not once did he achieve over 55 receptions, mostly based off availability. Um, we know the guy was fast, he could catch, um, but availability was a thousand percent, let's say, why it didn't work out. Not only in Buffalo, even at the Rams before, let's say, the Chiefs, and now he's off to Baltimore, and, and you know, like I said, I'll always remember him for that for that catch in the AFC championship game. And I thank him, but mm -hmm. another good move by beach salary availability production. Um, if you're going to, if you're going to be one of the top paid wide receivers in the NFL, we expect more than a thousand yards, a hundred receptions north of 10 touchdowns every year. And he was maybe half of that. If, if that, so um, I have no complaints with us moving on from Sammy Watkins, not picking up, any more options with them. He made a really good amount of money for us, won a Super Bowl. So um, a good a good parting gift for both for both of us, right? And then moving on to, let's say, a, a, another one of the last departures that I think every Chiefs fan will hold dear to their heart, near to their heart, is Damian Williams, right? The running back who sat out last year for COVID reasons. Um, talk to me about, Let's say your feelings on Damian Willen's departure. You know, it's interesting that our first two departures we talked about we didn't have in the Super Bowl this last year, but the, the last two here we're talking about are the ones that actually were memorable moments from two, uh, two, two Super Bowls ago when we actually won. But, uh, you know, Damian Williams, um, to be honest, it might have come to surprise to a lot of fans that he was let go. But uh, I think even, you know, you know, us talking and even our chat, it kind of wasn't really – so much of a surprise. We saw, you know, Darrell Williams, who was our second back, um, with, he actually came on pretty well, you know, towards the end of the season. And I, I think it was good to see his growth. And definitely, we, you know, we have our number one back in, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, um, even though he did get hurt a little bit towards the season. But I, I think in the end, it wasn't it wasn't such a surprise, I think. Uh, at least to me, it wasn't. But I think to some Chiefs fans, it was. They, they kind of didn't keep him. But obviously, he did set out last year. Um, and for rightful reasons, for anybody that wanted to set out last year for anything. But, um, yeah, I think in the end, uh, I, I think that uh, it's it was a good move that we didn't bring him back and go forward with what we have. And definitely we'll see, you know, if we end up picking somebody else in the draft or maybe that that other veteran running back that um, we did hear, obviously, today that Tyron Matthews trying to make a push for AP. I don't, I don't know what you feel about that one, Rich, but uh, you know that's and that's something there too. I mean, I don't know. Hey, we're good at running back, and you know, <laughs> going back to Damian Williams, um, I still to this day listen to the YouTube clip of Mitch Holtis on, and uh, Damian Williams' uh, game ceiling touchdown run. It still gives me chills. So even even as he's rocking them Jordan ones. Um, you know, getting into the end zone. It's still, it's still a piece of, of chief history. I'm trying to, trying to find right to add to my collection of, of sports memorabilia. Um, so yeah, Damon Williams is, is somebody that I'll always miss, but Hey, he's, he's technically not that far away, right? He's only, he's, he's going to Chicago with the former chief offensive coordinator, Matt Nagy. So wish him well again, thank him for that 
that amazing Super Bowl because he should have been the the MVP, right? In my opinion, yeah. with over 100 yards and some and some touchdowns rushing. So, um, so yeah, that's my two cents on Damian Williams. Yeah, no, I, I'll just say one last thing about him is, you know, I, I think like you just kind of hit that nail on the head there that, you know, I think anytime everyone sees that player, hears that play, you get goosebumps because you're just like, wow, we know this. That's like the final play that everyone was like, we, we did it, we won. And you always will think about Damon Williams in that aspect. So I think just for that, I mean, it, you know, a lot of Chiefs fans are sad to see him go, but I think it was the best direction where we're heading towards, you know, the future. And just so as we had talked about a few of our um, acquisitions in free agency and then some of their team departures that we know longer have our team, uh, basically kind of leads into our final topic for today. And what are some of kind of our, our team needs that we have going here into the draft uh, coming up here? Uh, actually, next week now uh, it's coming up here. So, um, Rich, I actually would like to hear what would be your top three positions of need going into the draft? Yeah, and we've had this conversation several times, um, and maybe two and three change, but number one really doesn't. Um, offensive tackle, right? We we kind of have unknowns at the left and right tackle spot. So um, there was talk there for a while about going after an experienced left tackle, either in Alejandro Villanueva or Russell Kung. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. Looks like we either going with Niang at that left tackle spot or Rankin or Remmers at right tackle. So that's my number one need. You got to protect, you know, you've got a half a billion dollar man at quarterback. You have to make sure that the end spots are taken care of because these defensive ends get bigger, faster, and stronger. And as we saw in the Super Bowl, we don't need our quarterback running for 500 yards just to throw a pass, not right. to progress forward. So tackle left and right. I'm going to kill two birds with one stone there. Um, my second, it always changes. My second and my three always change. Um, but I think just the way the NFL game is and the fact that we aren't that deep at this spot is linebacker. Um, Anthony Hitchens isn't any younger. He's probably not fast enough to keep up with most of these backs or tight ends that the modern game needs. Um, but then we've got Willie Gay Jr., right? He's someone who was in the second year, showed a ton of promise in year one, very fast, aggressive, physical, isn't scared to hit. Um, so we've got one spot that looks to be good for the future in William Gay Jr. So maybe adding someone in free agency, which, you know, this far away from the draft, things usually happen after the draft. Um, so that's one, a position of need inside or outside, right? You can never have a, an inside or outside linebacker that's too fast, uh, or you can never have an, enough of them. So linebacker being number two, inside or outside. And then really my third one, because it's kind of a known how good our second and third cornerback are, but my third position of need is cornerback. The Jairus need was an amazing find by Brett Veach, I think he's going to be an all-pro and arguably one of the best corners if he isn't already within the next two, three years. Yep. Um, but then Charverius Ward, right, took a, took a step back um, this past year after a decent rookie year from being an undrafted free agent rookie pickup. Um, so second and third corner, what are we doing there? In this game, you know, you've got teams that are running three, four, five wide receiver sets consistently. So if you have five good corners that – you can put out there since we play man a lot. I'm on an island. That's good, right? So big recap is offensive tackle being my number one need, linebacker being my second need, and then cornerback being my third biggest need. Let's say heading into this draft and whatever post draft activities happen. What about yours? 
No, that was definitely a good list. And I will tell you much. I pretty much had this almost the same exact, at least one and two was, was spot on. Um, <laughs> it's almost like he kind of saw exactly what I put down on my piece of paper as well. No, but um, so yeah, number one, I, you know, definitely tackle um, whether it's right guard, left guard. I mean, tackle is, like I said, it's even back to the theme of pretty much most of this podcast is offensive line. Right. So I think uh, wherever we go, I, I think, um, I think tackle would be definitely a spot we go first round, but uh, you know, if it's not there, you know, obviously there's a ton of tackles in this draft and a lot of talent. If it's not there and obviously we probably look elsewhere, but I think tackle is where we, we start with on that. Second one is just like you said, linebacker, uh, you know, Hitchin just showing his age. And, you know, pretty much, you know, and now we don't have obviously uh, Damon Wilson, who both of them yeah. had started for us for a while. Right. So, um, you know, but I'm really anticipated to see what the growth is in year two from Willie Gay. Uh, he actually stepped up pretty well last year towards the end of the year. And then, and, you know, quite frankly, he got hurt there towards the end, which uh, didn't boast too, too well as well. But, uh, you know, I think I think adding us another linebacker there would definitely help, especially young, because I, I think if I'm not frankly, I think that Hitchens is probably, I think this is like his last year, or at least at least a year that we can actually get out of his contract. I believe is this after this next year. So um, definitely adding some speed, some youth there for our future of our team. I think would be definitely beneficial there for the for our team. And then lastly, um, you know, you had mentioned quarterback, cornerback. I'm sorry, which was actually really good, but uh, I have a tie kind of with my third spot. And I, the first was kind of defensive end, even though I know we have that, you know, Frank Clark, we got Jones, we got Naughty, um, and then even obviously Reed, we got there on the line. I just have, and then also in the young guy, I'm sorry, uh, Mike Dana that we didn't mention as well, who actually, you know, played a solid rookie year, I'd say. Um, but it would be nice to have another guy to go on the other side of Clark that's actually, because even though Jones, will be playing outside uh, defensive end sometimes as we think anyways. It'd be nice to have another guy on top of that because who knows? I mean, uh, like I've, I've thought of this through too as well and not saying that this could be his last year, but I mean, you know, watch out for Frank Clark. If he doesn't have a good year this year, they, there's an out in his contract too next year. And that's just, I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that's, that's up there. So I think the defensive end is something that we'll look at. Um, and also, the other third one I'd had to as well as wide receiver as they kind of woke into or kind of spoken to there a little bit ago that, uh, you know, obviously we don't have Watkins anymore when we have Tyreek who's Tyreek. I mean, what else more you can say about Tyreek and then Travis Kelsey is your starting tight end, but uh, you know, he's, he, I mean, he's your second. Yeah, he's better than most wide receivers in the league, right? Yeah. Better than, I mean, having that one, two combo is crazy, but, um, it'd be interesting to see, obviously, a hard men make or break year in his third year. Uh, we got Robinson back, but and then Pringle, obviously, to see if he can get more time in there this year. But I'd like to see another fast wide receiver there, too, as well. But uh, as far as, like I said, my list definitely is tackle first, linebacker second, and then defensive end wide receiver there um, last. But, uh, I, you know, I think we're I think we're definitely looking forward to see what uh, what we're going to, you know, select next week and definitely be fun watching for sure on that one. But um, looks like for today, um, those are pretty much all the topics we had here to discuss for today's episode. So that will be uh, pretty much for today, but uh, we will be back next week with our mock drafts. 
for who the Chiefs should be looking at taking in this year's draft. Thanks for listening, and go Chiefs!